Welcome to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Giving you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And I'm super excited for today's episode, because you know why? Why is that, Eric? Why are we excited? Because we're talking about the one and only, and the very convoluted, Kingdom Hearts. Heck yes! Kingdom Hearts, baby! I'm ready, I'm hyped. Yes, you guys know I'm a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. I've done, like, what? Five, six episodes recapping Kingdom Hearts Worlds. <laughs> I mentioned it a few times in other episodes. So yeah, I'm definitely a diehard fan. And Eric absolutely got me into it over the course of the last, like since we were in high school together, We were he was showing me the ropes of those games. I've listened to all of his episodes on them. Uh, I'm just really, <laughs> I guess I, I'm a converted Kingdom Hearts fan, so I'm really hyped as well. Yeah, guilty charge. Long story <laughs> short, I mentioned Kingdom Hearts a few times in our Sometime in high school during our, one of our starting hall periods. Yeah. And like, then he heard about it. So I was like, oh, dude, you're missing out. It's Disney. You love Disney. So I made it my life's goal to get mad into Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, we could call that a success on that front. Yeah. We played through Kingdom Hearts 1. I talked about Chain of Memories because no one gives a shit about that game. <laughs> then we moved on to Kingdom Hearts 2, played it. Then we watched the cutscenes for Birth by Sleep. I briefly mentioned what happened in 358 Days and Recoded because, again, nobody gives a shit about those games. <laughs> we played through Dream Drop Distance, and then we watched the cutscenes for Unchained Key and Birth by Sleep Volume 2. And no, I'm not saying the full title. <laughs> There's like 600,000 over one or something like that. Uh, you're on the right track. But <laughs> something like it, that. It, it's Kingdom Hearts. They're used to shit like this. <laughs> but... We agreed that we have to play through Kingdom Hearts 3. And sure enough, in 2019, well, the summer of 2019, we played through the entirety of Kingdom Hearts 3. Gosh, it does not feel like it was two years ago. That's crazy. I'm so flabbergasted that Kingdom Hearts 3 is out. We were all building up this hype for Kingdom Hearts 3's release. And then two years ago, it happened. Yeah, that's nuts. And now we live in a post-Kingdom uh, Hearts 3 world, which is really weird. Now that Kingdom Hearts 3 is behind us, it's time to move forward with Kingdom Hearts 4. Or, uh, like, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance 2 or, or whatever. Some some Kingdom Hearts world that will have Disney worlds in it. <laughs> like, um, what were the two in between 2 and 3 again? That The ones that had uh, actual Disney worlds in them? Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. Yeah, so, so either Kingdom Hearts 4 or... I unfortunately think it's more realistic that we just get like another random Kingdom Hearts title with Disney Worlds in it before then. But hey, I, I, we can hope. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic that the next Kingdom Hearts game is going to be Kingdom Hearts 4. I mean, Kingdom Hearts is turning 20 next year, 2022. Oh my gosh. So That's I nuts. think it'd be a smart business move. They give us the game that we've been, you know, looking for. I hope so, man. I, I'm really hopeful. Uh, but three years after we got three, they can give us four. That would be a dream come true. You never know. They might be working on this game as we speak. That's true. But Keeping it secret. Wait until it's like almost complete and then reveal it to the public. Almost like they did with Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of Smash Bros. Ultimate, you might notice some similarities between this episode and the episode we did back in Season 1, where we list the characters we think are going to be the DLC characters for Smash Wave 2. Mm-hmm. 
and that's kind of going to be the same format this time. When we go through our ideal worlds, right, that we're going to add in uh, or that we hope or maybe hope slash think could get added in a future Kingdom Hearts game. And we're going to do that same style that we did the Smash one where we each picked five going into this episode. And we're going to kind of take turns, you know, tossing the ball back and forth, explaining our ideas, our reasoning, and maybe even some concepts for bosses and stuff. Yeah, and keep in mind, we're only focusing on the Disney worlds. No Twilight Town, no Radiant Garden, Keyblade Graveyard. I think we should save those for a future episode. Yeah, and it would also be probably understandably impossible for us to predict a new uh, independent world. Because again, we're not uh, square. We have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, but truth be told, the Disney world is what I look forward to the most in Game Arts game. Because, you know, I grew up with Disney. These films were my childhood. Well, part of my childhood. Disney was my childhood too, yeah. I know Kingdom Hearts really wasn't. I didn't get to play it until I was a teen, but... And getting to experience those worlds makes us, the players, feel like we're actually in those stories, in a way. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm very curious to see what Disney properties Tessie Nomura and his development team at Square Enix have in store for this ongoing fan service. Oh, absolutely. Well, I guess we should clarify first off. We each came up with five worlds. That's ten total for... Worlds that have not yet appeared in the uh, Kingdom Hearts games thus far. We did not decide to go the route of what do we think is going to come back. We decided to just go all new so we could throw all of our ideas at the wall. But Eric, if you wanted to talk a little bit about um, maybe some possible returning worlds, I'd love to hear what you think. If you know that in every Kingdom Hearts game, there's usually at least, I want to say, two or three returning Disney worlds. So it doesn't seem like it would be out of the ordinary to see, you know, a familiar world return. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think before we get to our five picks, I think it's safe to assume that we've discussed what possible Disney worlds could return, and we're only focusing on the Disney worlds introduced in Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. None of the worlds from Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance will apply, because honestly, no one gives a shit about those worlds. <laughs> and no Wreck-It Ralph. That was a world in the mobile game, which I'm still <laughs> fucking annoyed with. I can't believe <laughs> he did that. That's so weird. Well, thanks to the latest Union Cross update, we know that this world can exist in reality, but that's going way off topic. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Looking at all the Disney worlds that were introduced in the first game, I think a shoehorn that's going to be returning is Olympus. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at all the past Kingdom Hearts games, Olympus is like a recurring world in almost every freaking game, except for Dream Drop Distance. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> hey I love Hercules too, and I love the world. But don't you think enough is enough? <laughs> yeah, we had an original story in the first game, and you went through the story of Hercules twice, both in Kingdom March <laughs> 2 and 3, but how much more can you stress the story of Hercules? Yeah, we, we got it by now. <laughs> I mean, in Namora's defense, the reason why he keeps bringing back Olympus is because he loves Hades. Well, Hades is awesome. I'm not even kidding. That's the whole reason why he keeps bringing back Olympus. <laughs> Gosh, can you just have Hades like join Pete and Maleficent or something if you love him so much? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm not complaining because Olympus in the new game Kingdom Hearts three was beautiful, like really well animated. I really like how they designed it. 
I thought that was great. So that role went through a lot over the past 20 years. Oh, yeah. Almost 20 years, I should say. I would say um, another shoe in, I think, is probably the 100 Acre Wood because we see that pretty much in every game as well. Uh, some adventure with Pooh in the 100 Acre Wood, but with Sora. Granted, I don't really want to talk about the latest installment of the 100 Acre Wood because I'll start crying. You know, I think the, the, the stage is set definitely for a 100 Acre Wood return and hopefully sort of a revival, you know, improvement. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I want to touch upon that. Every main series Kingdom Hearts game has at least one mini game world. And I feel like the best game to fit that category is 100 Acre Wood. Mm -hmm. If it does return, I would love to see them expand more on the pool lore a little bit, like add like some new areas from like the directed video sequels or whatever. Yeah. Maybe incorporate the 2011 film, like maybe have a little side story about the backs in. <laughs> that would be pretty cute. I'd like that. But if you're going to make the 100 Acre Wood return, please put some effort into it. <laughs> Don't have the same minigame, just with a different gimmick. And <laughs> you expect me to believe that the only location in the 100 Acre Wood is Rabbit's house? <laughs> that would be a very, that wouldn't be the 100 Acre Wood, but that'd be like the 20 Acre Wood. <laughs> And bring back Owl, Kanga, and my boy Eeyore. I can't believe they didn't put Eeyore in, like, really. They got rid of those three beloved characters for Lumpy. <laughs> I was very shocked to see Lumpy in the last game, to be to be completely honest. Another world that I could possibly see return, Agrabah. Oh, okay, interesting. I could, I understand that. I'm flabbergasted that Agrabah didn't make a comeback in Kingdom Hearts 3, because like Olympus, they use it in almost every game, with the only exceptions being Birth by Sleep and Dream Drop Distance. So you would think that in Kingdom Hearts 3, they would go by the story of, what was it, the King of Thieves? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that way it will come full circle. I, yeah, that would be great. If I had to pick between Olympus and Agrabah, I want to go with Agrabah because I think mm -hmm. it deserves another comeback. Definitely. Olympus got its, you know, beautiful little makeover in Kingdom Hearts 3. Now maybe it could step aside and let Agrabah have a chance in the spotlight again. And I wouldn't mind them recapping the story of the King of Thieves because that's honestly a pretty good sequel. <laughs> Oh, I haven't seen it. It's basically about Aladdin reuniting with his father. Well, oh. lost father, I should say. That's pretty cool. And truth be told, the villain's not nearly as cool as Jafar, but, you know, in terms of direct-to-video sequels, he's not bad. Okay. You know, can you imagine if you have Iago as a party member alongside <laughs> Aladdin? That would be pretty awesome. I love Iago. Gilbert Gottfried, man. He's going to be dying. It would just be Gilbert Gottfried screaming <laughs> in the recording booth. Sora, Donald, <laughs> exactly man oh my gosh yeah so yeah let's move on to kingdom hearts 2 um okay i maybe i'm just biased i really want to see the timeless river come back i think that world was one of the coolest they've ever done and yet like you said in your kingdom hearts uh two worlds ranking so underutilized you know there's so many old mickey shorts to deal with and they were so, like, they just dipped their toes in the water. And with the, the 2020s being the 100th de decade since Mickey Mouse, since the start of the old Disney shorts, I think it'd be a perfect opportunity to maybe use some of that uh, a little more. Maybe get us back into those old shorts like Steamboat Willie and whatnot. Because I thought that was very cool. Maybe it intruded a little bit on epic Mickey territory. But I was really down for it. I loved it. That game came out before Epic Mickey. Really? Kingdom Hearts 2 beat up. Oh, wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. So, so Epic Mickey's the one cheating. <laughs> yeah, but the only problem I have with that is Timeless River is supposed to be Disney Castle from the past. Yeah. So they would have to go through that door to magically time travel again. And yeah. you guys know, time travel <laughs> is very hard to comprehend in the Kingdom Hearts universe. <laughs> oh, gosh. I yeah. Mean, 
<laughs> I mean, if they find their way to work around all those plot points, then maybe I could see it coming back, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. Now, for me, since you have a personal preference, I might as well include mine. Pride Lance. Yes, I'm well aware of how abysmal that world is from a gameplay perspective. But come on, playing as Lion Sword, going through the Pride Lance, teaming up with Simba to stop Scar, that was fucking awesome. Can I be 100% honest with you? That was my second pick. <laughs> so, great minds think alike. I feel like they have a lot of material that they could still use for Pride Lands, 100%. I want to see the Pride Lands again, but in a lush green environment, not that decaying ship. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. the only problem is that, you know, the time gap between the first Lion King movie and the sequel, but I think they can work their way around an original story. I think so. They, they, they've definitely proven capable of working around the original story before. Why not? From what I heard, the Lion Guard actually came up with a decent original story with Scar being revived, so maybe they could do something like that. Really? Without being too similar to Scar's ghost. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Plus, I want to see Lion Pete again. I felt like he, was, he wasn't he was utilized enough. <laughs> Forgot about him, actually. But, out of all the Disney worlds, I think a shoehorn is the Pirates. Yeah, they have proven that they're very interested in keeping the Pirates around, I think. Yeah, because in Kingdom Hearts 2, they went by the story of the first film. Then in Kingdom Hearts 3, they skipped the sequel and went over to the third film. I'm not a diehard fan of the Pirates films, so I wasn't that opposed of it. But, you know, I appreciate the effort. And what do you know it? The Caribbean turned out to be my favorite world in Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Because Pirates of the Caribbean has so many sequels to work with, it can easily return for Kingdom Hearts 4. Oh, God, yeah. They could put it in Kingdom Hearts 5 and 6 if they wanted. (laughs) <laughs> so now we move on to Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, we're not wasting any time. Aaron L's coming back, as much as I hate to admit it. Yeah, they have a whole other story to work with. And if they decide not to do that, they would 100% do an original story. I mean, it's it's Arendelle, you know, it's the cash cow. <laughs> Disney's going to want that exposed. So. They're not doing an original <laughs> story. They're going to fucking go by Frozen 2, I can personally tell you that. Oh my gosh, yeah, I figured as much. I mean, why wouldn't they? Frozen 2 was financially successful, so of course Square One overutilized that. Yeah. I mean, I Frozen mean, 2 wasn't that horrible, was it? It was alright, but I didn't think it was necessary. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But personally, I would abolish Frozen, and I think the other Disney worlds have so much potential to return. Mm. For Toy Story, I mean, that was one of the best worlds we've gotten in any Kingdom Hearts game. But the only great. issue is... Are they going to remember Sora? Because in Kingdom Hearts 3, they established a lore saying that Toy Box is supposed to be a copy of another world or some shit like that. That was so bizarre. Yeah. I don't know. It's just <laughs> stupid Kingdom Hearts lore. <laughs> yeah, that that's going to be weird. And we know that the Toy Story worlds probably really aren't going to mess with this, the story of the film. So it'll probably be another, which makes sense. I mean, you'd have like Andy walking in and seeing Tiny Sora, which I guess would be kind of awkward. Um, so they'd have to do another unique story, but well, that'd be cool. That'd be game. But if Kingdom of Corona, it could come back. I mean, with Tangled having a TV show, maybe they can incorporate some elements around that. Yeah, maybe. I know Monsters, Inc. is coming with a Disney Plus exclusive show pretty soon. True. Yeah, yeah. Monsters at Work. <laughs> they do a Monsters at Work reference in there. And San Francisco. <laughs> aka Big Hero 6, also has a TV show, and the Baymax show is set to come out soon. Yup. But yep. the only issue is, those four are not nearly as popular as Frozen. Yeah. Which yeah, is why I think they're going to get the boot. 
I think you're right. Uh, the one I could see that maybe stands a chance is Toy Box because I think Disney also knows that Toy Story is a cash cow, as Toy Story 4 demonstrated. But yeah, I think you don't beat Arendelle. If you have to only pick one world from Kingdom Hearts 3, I think they bring that one back. Yeah, so just to recap, the only worlds I could possibly see returning are it's a tie between Olympus slash Agrabah, Hundraker Wood, another tie between Pry Lands and the Caribbean or Port Royal or whatever you want to call it, and Arendelle. I more or less uh, agree with all of those picks i would also add you know personal preference timeless river but i don't know about that uh, and definitely i think the toy box has a real shot but we'll see what happens maybe they do some funky like kingdom hearts magic or, or some explanation where woody and buzz remember sora or maybe they don't maybe it's like they meet him all over again who knows you know sky's the limit with their stories sometimes all right so that's all the returning worlds now we can finally move on to the new picks the moment you've all been waiting for Want me to start us off? I would love for you to start us off. What do you got? So for number one, and I think this is my most wanted world, Moana. Ooh, Moana. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but did you come up with a name for the world like that would appear on the world map? Montanui. Oh, yeah. What <laughs> else would you call it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now that I think about it, I should have thought of names for the other worlds, but, you know, going off topic here. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Moana is just one of those Disney movies where you watch it for the first time, and immediately, I think, at Kingdom Hearts. I mean, think about it. An Islander wanting to explore the outside world. The world falling into darkness. Trying to restore the heart of Tefiti. Bro, this is Kingdom Hearts written all over it. <laughs> Absolutely. And plus, Moana has the potential of being one of the new Seven Hearts, which is something they established in Kingdom Hearts 3, but it didn't really go anywhere, but that's one off topic. <laughs> yeah, saving it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, like, all the connections that this film has towards Kingdom Hearts makes it very apparent that it's, you know, it's a worthy candidate to appear in the next game. Now, in terms of the story, I can see it going by the original story, you know, the story about the film. I could see that. Sora, Donald, Goofy show up on Matsunui to help Moana restore the heart to Beatty, but because they're not supposed to reveal that they're from an outside world, they'll just say some bullshit excuse saying that, oh, we're voyagers just like you. <laughs> Moana and Maui will both be party members. Now, for Maui, I know he doesn't have the hook for half the film, but I think they could work their way around that. Without his hook, he still has fruit strength, so maybe he'll just do a bunch of melee attacks until he gets his <laughs> hook and he reaches his full potential. <laughs> Bosses, Tomato has to be a boss. Oh, hell yeah. And you're telling me that you don't want to hear a dark orchestrated version of Shiny playing as you fight his ass? <laughs> That's epic. And Takai, which is Tafiti's corrupted counterpart, will make an excellent final boss. Yeah, I mean, it's got the glamour, the giant uh, size. <laughs> Maybe throw in a mini Heartless boss. For sure. I also have an idea for a cutscene during the story. Like, you remember in the movie where Maui, ever since the hook gets sandwiched, he just leaves Moana and goes who knows where? Yes. Maybe they can utilize that into the story where Sora and the others, well, Sora leaves Moana briefly to go after Maui, and he has a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with him, telling him what it means to be a hero. Mm. Because in the movie, when you think about it, Maui just leaves, and then he shows up 10 minutes later as if that argument never happened. <laughs> it's yeah. like he literally had changed a heart right out of nowhere. So I think having Sora convince Maui, it's like, the weapon doesn't make you a hero. It's the measure of your heart or something like that. That's very Kingdom Heartsy. <laughs> and that'll give Maui extra incentive to go back and help Moana. Yeah. So yeah, overall, Moana definitely want to see in Kingdom Hearts 4 or any Kingdom Hearts game. That would be awesome. And I do think it's a shoe in to be honest, you know, seeing as it's a Disney princess movie. And like you said about the seven hearts, I didn't even realize that. That's a good point. That's how you know I'm a diehard fan, because I look into every plot point possible. 
All right, so Matt, what's your first pick? My first pick is the beautiful, sunny jungle world of Paradise Falls, the world of Disney Pixar's Up. That's a very underrated movie, in my opinion. Oh, God, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, (laughs) sorry to cut you off. I feel like people mostly remember that movie for the intro, which, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of that, too. But the rest (laughs) of the movie is still memorable. I know. I was having this conversation with somebody, like, a a few months ago, I think it might have been one of my brothers, where they were like, oh, you know, it's okay, but, like, it's really just famous for the beginning. I was like, bro, you have to watch the movie again. It's been too long. It's a fantastic movie. So, my version, or at least Sora, Donald, and Goofy's adventure, uh, would see them going through the South American jungle. They would come into the story roughly at the point where Carl and Russell have landed in South America, and they're trying to move the house up to the cliff. Uh, like Ellie always wanted. So interestingly, having Carl or Russell as a party member, it was very challenging to me coming up with it. Because Carl, you know, <laughs> he's an old fart. Like, he moves very slowly, very awkwardly. Russell is a literal child. So I thought maybe the game could throw you a curveball, kind of like how Arendelle, like, shoved marshmallow on you randomly. And uh, maybe Doug and Kevin <laughs> would be interesting party members. I you can know. see that. <laughs> Kevin's a giant bird. He would have some, or she, sorry, <laughs> would have some great melee attacks. And Doug, I think, controls similarly to um, the little, what was the little spirit called in Dream Drop Distance? The little cat. You know what I'm talking about, right? Canonically, his name is Meow Wow, or like the species, but, yes. but we call him Marshmallow. Yes, we call him Marshmallow. I was going to say that, but I was like, wait, I just mentioned Marshmallow. That, that doesn't sound right. But yes, uh, two Marshmallows in the Kingdom Hearts lore. Yes, Eric and I named that cat Marshmallow during our playthrough, and he was freaking beautiful. But anyway, Doug would control kind of like that, you know, rushing enemies, probably having some pretty cool melee attacks, because again, he's a dog, he's not using any weapons. So between Doug and Kevin, they could pick up the slack of the literal child, Russell, and the teetering old man, Carl. So for the story, I'm pretty much going to say it would probably be mostly from the movie. Again, Carl and Russell are challenging through the jungle. Sora, Donald, and Goofy, again, would probably come out and be like, oh, we're explorers too. (laughs) Allow us to help. And um, they would kind of travel along through the jungle. They would be the same twist in the movie, they'd be forced to drop their plans. Kevin would be taken from the party and uh, they would have to fight the wicked Charles Muntz and his various dogs. Now, interestingly, I-, I was kind of thinking about this in terms of the broader story of Kingdom Hearts 4 because Muntz is a legendary explorer and hunter of ancient artifacts. He's got artifacts all over his blimp. So I wonder if maybe he'd be a kind of a person of interest for Maleficent and Pete who would try either successfully or unsuccessfully to win him to their side in the belief that he could maybe help them get that black box from the foretellers. Um, because again, this is a guy who knows his way around ancient artifacts. Maybe Pete and Maleficent can s- somehow find that out and try to coax him for help. Either way, I think a month's fight is definitely in order towards the end. Granted, he is an old fart too, so you'd have to maybe give him a plane or something or his dogs to back him up. But, I mean, come on. He's the legendary explorer. He's got to play some role in there. <laughs> oh, my God, Matt. That is brilliant. I didn't even think about that. Thank you. Yeah, I, it came to me while I was like, hmm. I mean, he, he's literally spent his whole life hunting for the rare and unknown. I think maybe he'd get on Pete and Maleficent's radar. Especially because at this point in the series, they would know foretellers have the box. How do we get it? Blah, blah, blah. 
At this point, we don't know who the main threat's going to be for Kingdom Hearts 4. We still don't know what the foretellers, the Zikbar, or the Master of Masters, what their plans are. And we certainly don't know what's going on in the other side of the world, if yeah. you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so just for the sake of simplicity, we're just going to say that P and Maleficent are the primary threats. Even if they're just secondary threats, they could just be involved in the story of Up. But I just really like them, and I think they were underutilized in Kingdom Hearts 3. Extremely <laughs> underutilized. No joke. They had like maybe at most 10 minutes of screen time, and that's all their scenes combined. Yeah, literally, they'd have like a Where's Waldo moment where every time Sora would leave a world, they'd be like, oh, we have to keep following him. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't think much about seeing up in Kingdom Hearts 4 or any Kingdom Hearts game. But after your analysis, bravo, Matt. Bravo. Thank you. And I definitely also think in terms of the connection Sora could make, Sora and Carl both have a lot of experience with loss. Like, that's Carl's whole theme through the movie. And Sora, again, has just gone through losing everyone he knows and of course he's lost tons of people over his adventures so that could really make a strong bond i think between the two of them you know the old wise kind of grumpy old man and the childish but growing slightly more mature sora you know i'd be down to see something like that you know i think that would make for a great cutscene or two well said all right you're up next pick number two eric so number two and this is another one of my most wanted worlds the incredibles Mm. Incredibles just might be my favorite Pixar movie of all time next to Toy Story maybe even better than Toy Story but that's debatable Mm -hmm. point is I love that movie a lot and for years I've been wanting to see it in Kingdom Hearts but the only issue is I couldn't really see how it would work out but thanks to Kingdom Hearts 3 and its inclusion with Pixar and incorporating original stories I think that's the best way they can go for it Yeah. and besides personal preference I feel like this world it really establishes like you know the heroic needs like, you know, standing up for what's right against all odds. And I think that stacks up a lot in the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, for sure. In terms of the story, I could see it being an original story after the sequel, you know, Ooh. around the time when supers are legal again. And Matt, I think I mentioned this to you in private conversation about how the story could work out. Sora, Donald, Goofy end up in Metroville. I think that's the city of, you know, the Incredibles takes place. Makes sense. And go figure, the Heartless are invading the city and Sora, Donald, Goofy spring into action. But because of that, you know how supers are portrayed as celebrities. Like, you know, they get tons of publicity. Oh. So defeating the Heartless out in public, you'll have all these freaking cameramans, paparazzis constantly taking pictures of Sora, asking interviews, saying like, yo, what's your superpower? Is that key part of your outfit? Yeah. <laughs> like basically Sora, Donald, Goofy are getting overwhelmed by all this. And then Mr. Incredible and Frozone show up saying like, oh, uh, my colleagues will hold all questions until further notice. Colleagues? Just hold back and come with us. <laughs> so then Frozone, Mr. Incredible and the rest of them like they scold Sora saying like yo what the fuck is wrong with you supers aren't supposed to reveal their identities in public <laughs> you understand where I'm going with this mm-hmm. they think that Sora, Tom, and Goofy are superheroes <laughs> well newbie superheroes because you know they're just scolding for revealing their identities out in public without you know outfits and stuff Yeah. so Sora, Tom, and Goofy have to play along saying that hey we're superheroes but you need our help to take care of the heartless. That would be awesome. Would you have them make costumes at that point? Or like someone make costumes, maybe like Edna makes costumes for them? That's exactly where I was coming from. Sweet. So yeah, of course, they are a bit apprehensive about trusting Sora because, you know, he's not from the city. They don't know where he's from. But seeing he's an expert when it comes to the heartless, they're going to need his help. So Bob decides to take him to his friend to make them costumes. And who better to give them super suits than Edna Mode herself? 
And I can see like a little mini game where, you know, Edna designs her suits and you have to go through like obstacles to test out their suits. Mm-hmm. If Brad Bird doesn't come back to play Edna mode, I'm going to be pissed. I was just going to say, I hope Brad Bird's in there. <laughs> I can definitely see her having like her little notepad and shit saying like, and I'll be able to make you a super suit based on your preference. Oh, cool. I get to make my own super suit. You know, when I was a kid, Riku and I used to pretend to be superheroes all the time. And I meet this really cool kid, Ben. No gates. Aw, <laughs> uh, why not? Trust me, darling. It's for the best. <laughs> we know it. The characters know it. The audience knows it. Why NMO says no capes? <laughs> I think that's a perfect reference to the first movie. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's like her classic line. So yeah, in terms of conflict, I feel like they can expand more about, you know, the par children. Like, obviously, well, actually before that, I can easily see Mr. Incredible and Frozone being the party members. Well, the mm. primary party members, I should say. Mm-hmm. As In terms of the other Incredibles, they're going to be secondary assistants at most, but this is where the conflict comes in. Violet and Dash feel like they're not being utilized enough ever since Supers were legal again. So they get manipulated by a certain threat, you know, signing with the Heartless or causing mayhem or something like that. Ooh. Because, you know, when you're younger, you're more vulnerable to doing stupid shits. Yep. <laughs> now, whether that be P, Maleficent, or whatever new villains for Kingdom Hearts 4, doesn't matter. I feel like this plot point could work. Oh, for sure. Now, in terms of bosses, because this is an original story, I can see them mostly fighting heartless bosses like they did in Toy Box. <laughs> and maybe for the big final boss, you can have all the Incredibles team in to fight. Like, you can alternate between party members during each phase. I think that would be awesome. Or if you want to go the safe route, bring back the Undermire for like a mini boss, even though I don't see how he could work in this type of story. But hey, if you want to add more Disney bosses, go with the Underminer. But personally, I don't see that happening. <laughs> and another reason why I think Frozone should be a party member is because, yes, if Arendelle were to come back, then shouldn't Elsa be a party member? But no, Disney was like, no, 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 you can't have Elsa be seen in combat. So I think to compensate, have another character with ice utilization. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of a perfect imagery. You remember in Kingdom Hearts 3 where you get to take selfies for your party members? Yep. What if when Sora's about to take a selfie with Frozone, Frozone would just stood there and it will be like, don't go showing these to Honey now. <laughs> and then for Mr. Incredible, he can do like a little pose or something. Oh yeah, better yet, it's going back to Moana. So obviously, they're going to be confused with what the hell a camera is. <laughs> True. This takes place in a world where well, like ancient times, I don't know. But point is, I would love to see them interact with, you know, in selfie mode again. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. So yeah, The Incredibles, I definitely want to see it make it to the Kingdom Hearts one way or another. Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably one of the Pixar films that's next on the list, if I had to guess. It's very popular. Up to you, Matt. Okay, so really quickly, I think <laughs> now I'm thinking about Carl. <laughs> if you hold a selfie camera up to Carl Fredrickson, he'd be like, get that out of my face. Russell, of course, would be happy. Doug would be happy. But moving forward, we reach the beautiful city of Zootopia from the titular movie, which will be my second pick for a debut world. Very, very interesting. This one is tricky for me because I at least a little bit thought of what, you know, Sora, Donald, and Goofy, what forms they would take when they came into a world. I was just about to say, I mean, <laughs> Donald and Goofy, they're already animals. What the hell are they going to do with Sora? <laughs> Yeah, that would be very tricky. I don't know. Maybe they would just make them all new animals like they did with the Pride Lands. You know what? Hey, if you guys are listening to this and you are artistic or have any or also big Kingdom Hearts fans, I'd love to hear your suggestions because I really don't know what would happen. 
But yeah, let us know on our Discord if you're into that kind of stuff. So I had a hard time seeing Sora, Donald, and Goofy playing a part in the story of the actual movie because it's like really big and long and there's all sorts of twists and turns. So instead, I would picture the trio helping the newly appointed officers, Judy, Hobbs, and Nick Wilde, on a new mission in a formula, uh, format similar to San Francisco, you know, the other worlds where it's like, oh, the events of the movie already happened. Now here's what's going on next. I think the new adventure, the new mission that officers Hops and Wild are tasked with by the chief, because they've already shown themselves to be quite capable with the events of the movie, is solving perhaps a rising tide of heartless appearing in Zootopia. Because obviously nobody's really sure what that is, what it means. Everyone's a little afraid. So Sora, Donald, and Goofy will, of course, have to pass themselves off as heartless experts. Maybe they would fight a whole bunch of them right in front of the police station or something. And the chief would say, oh, you know what? Take those guys with you. They know what's up. And so, of course, unpredictably, perhaps, Nick and Judy join the party. Maybe there'd be a way, I think, to include other characters from the movie as well. Maybe the case could require Sora and the gang to get information from Lionheart or Bellwether in prison. Maybe they have to see Mr. Big about some contact. Or maybe they could even get a license plate checked with Flash at the DMV. Which, by the way, I'm literally picturing the ever short-tempered Donald walking into the DMV having to freaking wait for Flash to read. He'd be losing his mind, I feel like. That would be a very good cutscene. <laughs> yeah, I don't, there's all sorts of animal-inspired Heartless you could play around with. And I think the, the more by-the-books Judy and the no-rules Nick would each bond with Sora in very interesting ways. Because Nick's kind of how Sora used to be, you know, careless, wild, carefree. And maybe he's just like that at heart. But Judy represents the person that Sora kind of knows he has to be, a little more mature now that things have changed so much in his life. Although maybe I'm just reading way too much <laughs> into fictional characters' personalities. Hey, if there's anything we learned from the latest Kingdom Hearts game, is that these fictional characters are more real than you realize. Mm -hmm. I think it would be a super fun adventure. Uh, I will say it would require a lot of overtime hours from the game designers because... Even if they only programmed parts of Zootopia, I think it could easily be bigger than San Francisco. It's a very big city. Yeah, uh, make, <laughs> make it what San Francisco was meant to be. If you remember, San Francisco, you only explored like maybe 75, not even 75, maybe 60% of the map. <laughs> yeah, and Zootopia is different too. It's got all the different biomes, all the different locations. So I'd be very interested. In terms of bosses, I'm not really sure. I know some Heartless would definitely, maybe you could play around with some animal-themed Heartless bosses. Maybe this could be a place where you fight a character from the overall story. I'm not really sure. Because there is not really any huge big threats I can think of from the Zootopia movie that haven't already been dealt with because it's kind of like a political <laughs> movie. There's not really any big giant monsters only in the... <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical sense i guess so yeah i think it's a really great way to play around with the broader story with some heartless uh cool heartless designs it's a really exciting place for some heartless fights as for judy and nick's moves you know they control differently judy's probably faster being a bunny nick maybe could do some dives use his claws use his fangs i don't know i i picture a lot of cool melee moves probably not whipping out guns <laughs> if i had to imagine <laughs> That is all I got for Zootopia, my friends. So why don't you give us your third pick? All right. So pick number three is actually the most recent Disney film, Raya and the Last Dragon. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting uh, indeed. As of the making of this episode, I've only seen the movie once and I enjoyed it. So my knowledge is a little bit rusty, but I got a general sense of what happens. Hmm. 
So basically, why I picked this movie is because it's been a long time since we got a Disney movie that's full of kick-ass action and, you know, motivated fights or whatever. And I feel like Kingdom Hearts really needs more of those movies. Hmm. Similar to Moana, Raya, go figure, is another Disney princess. She has the potential to be another one of the seven new hearts. Absolutely. In terms of story, I can honestly see it going with an original story because I can't really see Sora, Don, and Goofy working out. So I think it's best that they go by a story after the events of the film. Like maybe instead of the drone, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Again, only seen that movie once. Maybe you can have the Heartless Star Invading Kamandra. Yes, that's the name of the location. <laughs> so you have Sorazal and Goofy team up with Ryan and Shisu to go through each part of Kamandra and eliminate the Heartless. And then another thing I want to establish that what makes this movie so good is the message on trust. Yeah, we're all from different civilizations, but if we unite and trust each other in unity, we can overcome any threats. And that's exactly what we see in Kingdom Hearts games from time to time. The yeah, that's a huge theme. I could see Ryan and the others gain a little apprehensive about trusting Sora because, you know, they never seen him around Kamandra, so how could they know they could trust an outsider? Mm. <laughs> but Shisu, being the optimistic dragon that she is, will instantly trust Sora. Raya and Shisu are obviously going to be party members because have you seen those swordsman skills? <laughs> She's just begging to be a party member. And I can see Shisu doing some good work with her, you know, morphing ability and summoning fog and shit. In hindsight, it would be a little too similar to Maui, how he shapeshifts, but I think they could work their way around that. Yeah. In terms of bosses, once again, there's no big threats in that movie. It's just a lot of misunderstandings and trust. So I think the safest bet is to go with Heartless bosses, unless you want to face an overarching character like they did with, you know, Organization 13 or something. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead here. <laughs> I mean, the movie's still new, so it's still too early to decide if Square's really going to want to go with a movie that new. But... I can see it being a good possibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before I forget the selfie reaction, obviously, Ryan and the others will have no idea what the hell a camera is. <laughs> and Shisu, she won't know what it is either, but she'll be excited to take a selfie with you. <laughs> All right. So, Matt, we'll be pick number three for you. You reminded me I didn't do that for Nick and Judy, who would, I think, both be very excited to get into the selfie. Judy probably would be hyped. Nick maybe would be a little more sly about it, but I think he'd, you know, definitely try to give Sora maybe some bunny ears or something. <laughs> Actually, it'd be funnier if he gave Judy some bunny ears. I feel like that'd be more in character. Anyway, we move forward to my third pick, which is the world of Nottingham, which, if you do not know, is the county that Robin Hood takes place in. Robin Hood being a kind of Disney classic by this point. This is my first pick that is from a different century. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they utilize old Disney worlds all the time. We've seen Cinderella. We've seen Snow White, which is literally the 1930s. We've seen Pinocchio. Uh, we've seen Fantasia. So this is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. It's also one of the most obscure and, quite frankly, recycled Disney movies out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that movie is infamous for having reused character animations, models, animation cycles, so on and so forth. Oh, for sure. But people love it. Now, I can see it being a possible world. Yeah. Although, once again, I'm I'm perplexed as what would Sora turn into when he entered the world. Second time I've had an anthropomorphic fox movie where I'm bewildered at what's going to happen to Sora. But again, if you at home have any idea while you're listening to this, please let us know in the Discord because I'd be very interested in how you'd get us out of this pickle. Just put Lion Sora on two legs and call it a day. <laughs> yes. OG Lion Sora. Anyway, what inspired me to pick Robin Hood is I realized Sora, Donald, and Goofy kind of just do what Robin Hood and his gang do in the movie, <laughs> um, which is they go to, you know, they travel from place to place and they 
help out, which makes a lot of people angry and maybe they cause some trouble directly or accidentally and they help out people in need. They go kind of hand in hand, the goals of Sora and the goals of Robin Hood. So I imagine Sora, Donald and Goofy would be walking to Nottingham. And since there's a lot of travelers, obviously Robin Hood and his merry men always just kind of show up and from town to town, it wouldn't necessarily be seen as that weird. They could pass themselves off as just some travelers. But of course, they would probably have to fight some Heartless or in some way maybe make a mess. Maybe the Heartless battle actually ends up destroying some houses or something or while they're fighting. And of course, the spoiled brat King is going to, excuse me, King Little John is going to not be happy with them. So I can see all sorts of stories playing out here. Maybe... They team up with Robin Hood because Little John has sent the sheriff to cause some trouble. Maybe they teamed up with Robin Hood because Friar Tuck or the others in the town are in danger from the Heartless. Maybe Robin Hood's trying to win over the affection of Maid Marian, or maybe all three of those things are happening. I could definitely see, though, more of an independent story for this. And while we're on the subject, Maid Marian is a great contender for another one of our seven uh, hearts because we're running out of Disney princesses <laughs> by this point. So I seem like she would be a good contender. You know it's going to be mad awkward when <laughs> all the seven hearts are human, and then here comes this anthropomorphic box thing. <laughs> yes, but she is a princess, so it kind of makes sense. Also, I don't mean to correct you, but I think Little John was the bear guy. Prince John, I think, was the villain. Oh, you're right. Little John is the bear. No, yes, yes. It's Robin Hood and Little John, and then the prince, or excuse me, the king. Yes, you are 100% right. I could definitely imagine the bond between Sora and Robin would be kind of strong. Like I said, they do have a lot in common. And I think also the warm forests of Nottingham could lend themselves to some nice areas for the designers to play around with, kind of like the forests of the Kingdom of Corona. Um, I thought those were really, really well designed, and I would love to see more scenery like that. Also, quite a few Heartless Battle locations. And again, I don't really know about the form, but I think that, you know, with Robin Hood as a party member... Sora kind of getting back to his roots as just the guy going from place to place, helping fight the baddies. Bosses, I could really picture heartless bosses, maybe more of those overarching guys, like whoever the new role of Organization 13 is. Robin Hood himself would, you know, be, obviously his, his bow would be very handy. So maybe he'd be more for ranged combat, but that would be very interesting. And I'd be very eager to see what could come of a world like this. Because again, this is a very niche movie. I mean, I feel like most people kind of know about it. Like, I think still when people think of Robin Hood, they picture a fox and a green hat. But maybe not everyone knows about it. And uh, this would be a kind of cool way to reintroduce those characters and kind of familiarize themselves uh, in the world of Kingdom Hearts. Of course, we are in a similar predicament where no one in Nottingham would have any idea what a phone is. So Sora taking it out, trying to flash a nice pic with Robin Hood would confuse him, but he seems like the kind of guy who'd be pretty down with it once he understood. So he'd have no problem flashing a smile, maybe a thumbs up. <laughs> I feel like bringing Robin Hood in Skin March will also be a nice way to reintroduce classic Disney. Hey, I love modern Disney. Okay, maybe that's a stretch, but I think other Disney films need some love, especially during the classic era. Yeah, thinking about it, we didn't really get any classic movies during Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, we every other Kingdom Hearts game has had like at least one, I feel like. Um, and not three, which is interesting. I mean, you could make the argument with Olympus, Toy Box, and Monstropolis. Yeah, but even then, it doesn't get any older than the 90s. Like, we don't reach the the like the Cinderella Snow White kind of era. 
Yeah, but sadly, I didn't include any classic Disney movies in my list. Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> because I'm under the assumption that Square will want to focus more on modern Disney. I think you're right. Ad for <laughs> classic Disney some shine. We've got one more selection that's going to come out, come out of nowhere from classic Disney. But uh, I'm curious to hear what is next for you. Your fourth pick, Eric. What do you got? So I don't know if you guys know the theme. But so far, I went with traditional Disney, then Pixar, traditional Disney, and now I'm picking another Pixar film. And this one's actually pretty recent, and that is Coco. <laughs> nice. I really like the whole setting that Coco has when it comes to, you know, remembering people, you know, memories. Mm -hmm. And I think they can incorporate that with the lore of Kingdom Hearts. Like, Sora has connections, or in this case, memories for a lot of people. So seeing how this world, the afterlife, the land of the dead, I, I don't remember what they call it. I don't either, to be honest with you. I think it might have just been the land of the dead or something like that. Yeah, so basically, seeing how much memories are such a value to the land of the dead, it'll make Sora question about, you know, how the memories of him stack up when he eventually dies. Well, dies again, let's put it that way. Hmm. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, this is such a beautiful film, right down from the scenery and the designs of what the characters look like. I can definitely see Sora looking like a skeleton with two big blue eyes. Oh, that would be awesome. And Donald Goofy looking like Ali Brihays. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. In terms of story, I can see him going by the story of the film. They meet up with Miguel. They help him see his great-great-grandfather, Ernesto de la Cruz, with also help from his lifelong friend, Hector. Well, alleged lifelong friend, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is, as we know, Miguel's family is trying to get him back to the land of the living. And Miguel is under a time limit, so of course, Sora Don Gooby want to help him. Now, truth mm. be told, they are going to be a bit confused with, like, how the hell are they dead? And how do they get to the afterlife or whatever? How can the afterlife be its own world? Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. Wonderland is supposed to be a world composed of Alice's dreams, yet that is a physical world you can go to. So, <laughs> so though, yeah, <laughs> the rules are out the window. So I don't think the idea of the land of the living being its own world that can be accessible through outer space doesn't seem like it'd be out of the realm of possibilities. No. Yeah. As for party members, I can only imagine one party member for this world, and that is Hector. Hmm. I mean, truth be told, Hector doesn't look like much of a fighter, but then again, neither did Woody, Mike, all that. So I think they can definitely work their way around that. He can attach his bones together to form a boomerang, or even throw his head at Heartless. <laughs> that would be pretty funny, actually, <laughs> for them to animate that. In terms of bosses, maybe Ernesto could be a boss, but I'm not too sure. He's a bit cowardly when you think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, very cowardly. I mean, he wouldn't be willing to go on his music career without stealing Hector's songs. <laughs> yeah. So maybe a giant heartless boss would compensate. But I also love to see a boss fight against, you know, the giant flying tiger thing. Oh, yeah. It'll be almost like the marshmallow boss in Arendelle. Yeah, where he's like kind of friendly afterwards. She just won't be a party member because I really feel that'd be overkill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a giant like tiger with you. I can honestly see the boss fight occurring after Ernesto's defeat. Like after that giant bell crushes him, maybe the essence from his heart will form one giant heartless. And Hector, who's on the verge of being forgotten, will stand up one last time to fight alongside Sora. Mm. Then we'll get that famous cutscene of Miguel singing Remember Me in front of Mama Coco. Mm. I feel like that'd be a great tie-in to the movie story. For sure, yeah. And like I said before, memories play a big part in Kingdom Hearts. I mean, just look at Xi'an and Namine. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Bobby, I think this movie takes place in modern Mexico, so I assume the characters know what a camera is. Yeah. So when Sora holds his phone in front of Hector, he's going to know what it is. I mean, obviously, you need photos for people to remember <laughs> you in the land of living. He might not recognize the phone, though. Very true. <laughs> 
So yeah, Coco, that's my number four pick. I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, that's a great movie, and I think it would fit really nicely in the with the overall themes of Kingdom Hearts. I completely forgot about a name for the Coco world. I guess Land of the Spirits. Something like that, yeah. I feel like Disney might not be big on having like dead in the name. This is the but, same company that kills all parents. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> pick number four. My penultimate pick, yes, uh, will take Sora, Donald, and Goofy to the world of Wally. I had trouble coming up with a name for this one, so I just went with the new wasteland because it's kind of like the future and the world's a mess. But anyway, not important. So what I'm really excited is I can picture Sora, Donald, and Goofy appearing as robots, which we've never seen before. Oh my they- <laughs> god, man. Robo Sora? <laughs> Because here's what I'm picturing. Like, you, they would be unique robots. They would be similar to the By and Large robots of WALL-E, which is pretty much every robot in WALL-E made by By and Large. I think this could lead to some really cool-looking designs, and it would kind of boost the idea that WALL-E and Eve and these robots are unique people with unique personalities, too. We would see this proof because Sora, Donald, and Goofy would become robots. And so they would kind of know, oh, robots in this world, they do have feelings and emotions and thoughts. Or at least some of them do. So I could see them meeting Wally. This would pretty much be another one where I think that they could live the plot of the movie. They would meet Wally. They would maybe beat up some Heartless on Earth, travel to the Axiom. I think it would be really cool. I'm actually going to do what you did. Only one party member, and it would be Eve. Wally's a great robot, a great character, but he's not much of a fighter. Eve has a freaking gun for an arm. <laughs> so, you know, if I had to pick one to be with me in a fight against a room of Heartless, I think I'd probably have to go with Eve. (laughs) Eve would be great. She would do like Robin Hood. She'd have that ranged uh, combat. She would use laser technology, um, you know, whatever she shoots from her hand, like plasma beams. And, you know, she'd definitely help you out. Again, the plot of the story would work itself out. You'd got, you'd, you know, Sora would kind of help the scrappy little Wally make his way up to the Axiom, you know, impress Eve. (laughs) I think it'd be funny to have a cutscene or two where Sora, like, kind of elbows Wally like ah come on like here's how you talk to a woman like (laughs) just helping him you know get his confidence up helping him tell Eve how he feels because that's so such a Sora thing to do eventually Sora Donald Goofy and Eve they would help well actually Sora Donald and Goofy would help Wally and Eve re-inspire humanity to return to Earth but not after a massive boss fight which I think could either be against the ship's AI which is again the bad guy overall in the actual movie or, which I think is kind of cooler, is have the AI still the boss, but it's corrupted maybe by the Heartless or by the greater villains of the story to kind of keep the Axiom in space, you know, and out of the way of their plan. And with this massive, you know, I could see a big fight in the captain's quarters where the, uh, the AI spins around and you got to take it out. And eventually you destroy it and the events of the film would play out. The humans would return to Earth. And Wally and Eve would live happily ever after Sora and his friends saving the day. And um, I don't know, I'm just really excited about the the possibilities of having Sora, Donald, and Goofy as robots exploring maybe the first half of the world on this desolate Earth, then winding up on the Axiom. I think it could lend itself to some really cool scenery, some really cool fights, maybe even some cool new Heartless designs that are maybe more technologically inspired. I don't know. I can um, see that. Yeah. But, but I would be really excited to see because, you know, uh, we don't really mess with technology too much in the world of Kingdom Hearts outside of the Tron uh, worlds, which are awesome. So I think the more that they can do to that, you know, the better. I think we can get some cool new stuff. You know merchandise is going to explode once they see Robo Sora. <laughs> I can right? see it now. 
Funko Pops, keychains, collectible <laughs> figures. Make that as a collectible figure to go with the Kingdom Hearts 4 bundle. I guess theoretically you could have Sora as a human, uh, but when he got on board the Axiom, everyone would be like, yo, why are you so skinny? <laughs> it's, who's, nobody's been feeding you? <laughs> Just I, say I, you have a fast metabolism, Sora. <laughs> Literally, this kid runs around in every world, so of course he's going to have a fast metabolism. <laughs> Oh my, yeah, absolutely. So human sore is possible. I just like the idea of having him be a robot hanging out with, because I mean, if he was a human, it would be a little trickier, I think, for Wally and Eve to want to hang out with him so much. But anyway, that's just my uh, own decision, executively. More importantly, would Wally and Eve know what a camera is, or at least a phone? I would say Eve probably would. I I think Eve is probably equipped and familiar with robots that are equipped with kind of instant uh, phone access. So. Maybe, I don't know, she'd say a line like, oh, don't ruin my directive or something like that when she's, he's getting photographs of her. Wally, uh, we know he loves collecting human junk, but he really doesn't always know how it works. So I think he would be very fascinated, uh, just kind of staring bug-eyed like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> so I think that would be cute. But Eve would definitely know it. And Eve would be the party member anyway. But Wally would definitely be around, kind of like how Carl and Russell, even though I wouldn't have them as party members, they're clearly very important in the world of up we see this all the time in the world like how the big hero six they're not all party members but they're all really important in san francisco you know uh just as one example very interesting matt all right i think we are moving on to our final picks okay so i've done two traditional disney films and i've done two pixar movies what's going to be my fifth film what can i possibly top all four of my options let's put it this way in kingdom hearts 2 they introduced live action disney movies in Kingdom Hearts 3, they introduced Pixar Worlds. So why not in Kingdom Hearts 4, they introduce properties that were bought by Disney. And I think the best way to start this off is giving us Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes, that's awesome. I know. I could have picked any Marvel property. <laughs> the Avengers, Deadpool, Spider-Man, any of those. Okay, maybe Deadpool is a bit of a stretch, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but why the Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, think of it like this. Sora, Donald, Goofy traveled in each world through space and we have rarely seen any space themed worlds in the kingdom hearts series with the exception being deep space you know the legal and stitch world from birth by sleep okay but that world kind of sucks so (laughs) and besides guardians has become overwhelmingly popular ever since disney bought the rights to marvel and so if they were going to include more marvel properties i think the best way to do that is to go with baby steps like slowly introduce marvel I mean, we got a small glimpse of that thanks to Big Hero 6. Yeah. So in terms of story, I feel like it'd be too cliche if they go by the story of the MCU. Because, like, you know, the MCU is supposed to be its own thing. Yeah. So I think a smart way to do that is to come up with an original story. There's so much material they can work with with the Guardians. Now, personally, I haven't read the comics and I haven't seen any of the TV shows. But I know there's a lot they can work with. For sure. It'll definitely be an original story for sure. You know, you have swords on Goofy traveling to space, but when the gummy ships get corrupted by another ship or, like, they get pulled by a bigger ship, and then they meet up with Quill, who's been arrested for, you know, his usual things. (laughs) You know, breaking in, stealing jewels or whatever. Sorry, it's been a while since I've seen Guardians. No, that is more or less Quill's whole spiel. (laughs) I want to say the first quarter of the story is just, you know, helping Quill escape and then reunite with the other Guardians, but they're too busy, like, being, you know, vigilantes with the Heartless invading the galaxy or whatever. So I mm. think this more or less is going to be a redemption story for Quill. Like, you know, for the most part, he's like the most laid back member of the gang. 
but yeah. he's having trouble proving himself worthy to his teammates. And I feel like Sora can relate to that because you remember in Kingdom Hearts 3, he wasn't allowed to go to a realm of darkness to save Aqua because he didn't have the power of waking. Like, you know, they kept belittling Sora, saying like, no, 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 you need the power of waking before you can save Aqua. So Sora had to prove himself worthy that he had what it takes to save Aqua. So Sora knows exactly what it's like trying to prove himself worthy. Yeah, definitely. And plus, I would love to see the chemistry between Sora and Rocket. Rockets. Like, <laughs> of course, he's going to be mad confused about how the hell a raccoon is able to speak and come with all these fucking gadgets. But I think it will work out. God, I'm just picturing a cutscene between Donald, Goofy, Rocket, and Groot. <laughs> Forget Rocket. Groot. <laughs> Quill is for sure to be a party member. And I think the secondary party member would be Rocket because if you remember from the MCU films, I know we're not counting them, but just an example, Rocket and Quill were constantly bickering. I think they can incorporate that with the story. Rocket is the most critical when it comes to Quill. Maybe you can argue the same thing with Gamora, but she more or less supports Quill. Yeah. Maybe for the bosses, well, the final one in this case, we can have alternate party members or swap out party members like in the Rebels world. You start off with Rocket and Quill, then you have Drax and Gamora, then you have Groot and Mantis. I would love to see how they interact with Mantis. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, other bosses, maybe they can incorporate some of the villains from the Guardians, but I'm not very familiar with them, so I'll leave that to all you hardcore Marvel fans out there. <laughs> and for selfies, obviously Quill grew up in a world where he hasn't left Earth since the 80s, so obviously he wasn't up to date with smartphones. Of course, he's going to be mad confused with like, what the hell is that? The others, eh, I guess they're intelligent enough to know what a smartphone is. Yeah. They come from more advanced civilizations, so I don't see why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the world name for the Guardians of the Galaxy, Lost Space. Oh, I like that. I like I that. I mean, it works. But yeah, basically, I would love for Square to incorporate properties that Disney bought. And I think the best way to start us off is with Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it works for the reasons you said. You know, they're in space already, and they're also very self-contained. I could see maybe, oh, we don't want to put Iron Man in because then you got to include Hulk and Thor and Captain America. And then Guardians of the Galaxy are kind of just their own thing. So if you're going to include anyone, like you said, Baby Steps, they're a really good pick. All right. The moment is here, Matt. What is <laughs> your fifth choice for a potential Kingdom Hearts 4 world? So I also went with a very, very wacky out of left field one. And I said Family Guy. No, I'm kidding. Bro, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Technically possible. <laughs> Having Peter Griffin, Brian or Stewie's party members, <laughs> you fight the giant chicken. <laughs> I hate that that's actually possible. Real talk, I really wanted to put The Simpsons on here because, like, Disney's been really plugging that lately, but I could not come up with anything. So I was like, that's probably not going to happen until, like, Kingdom Hearts 6. <laughs> so for my final world, for real, not Family Guy, it is called The Willows. What does that mean, you may ask? It is from The Wind in the Willows. <laughs> well, what is that, you may ask? Well, The Wind in the Willows is the first half of a little movie called The Adventures of Mr. Toad and Ichabod Crane from 1949, I believe. Even our, a lot of our young listeners today still might not know what that is. That is a very old classic Disney movie. I don't even <laughs> know what that is. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I know what it is, but I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah. Real talk, I, I only know about the Headless Horseman, and I know there's a toad, and please, enlighten us, Matt. Mr. Toad is probably most famous for his Disneyland ride, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Other than that, yeah, it's it's two halves of a, of a movie. One is about the Headless Horseman, Ichabod Crane, which I guess you could make your own Disney World out of if you really wanted. You could have the world be Sleepy Hollow, but I decided to go for the more fun 
and, you know, <laughs> a very weird random route, and have The Wind in the Willows, the first half, be its own world, which sees the world of Mr. Toad. There was a time where Mr. Toad was a fairly well-known Disney character. Again, he got a very famous Disney ride at the original Disneyland, which then was moved to Disney World. So, you know, people knew Mr. Toad. People still kind of do, the older Disney fans especially. Maybe younger fans don't. But I think that's why it could be fun, you know? Shoving an obscure character like Mr. Toad into a Kingdom Hearts world could be fun. And it is not like Kingdom Hearts has not given us a total out-of-left-field world pick before. I bring you to the straight-to-DVD Three Musketeers Mickey Mouse movie that got its own world, which you can, I'll tell you right now, Eric remembers. When he showed me it, I was he was like, yo, what world do you think this is? I was like, all right, it's gonna sound weird, but it almost seems like, because I'd seen that movie in my childhood. But I'm getting off track. My point there is that Kingdom Hearts is not always afraid to throw some real left- turn curveballs at us with its disney world so why not go for the world of mr toad you know good on you map for coming up with something completely random <laughs> so i imagine the trio enters the world first of all they would probably all have to be i guess Sora, donald and goofy would get rodent forms or, or you know small mammal forms because everyone in this movie is a small animal of some extent maybe Sora could be a toad too i don't know but regardless of how you picture their designs, they enter the world kind of just, you know, the, the typical passing through town spiel while Mr. Toad is out on an impulsive rampage. For those of you who do not know, the whole thing about Mr. Toad is he gets very excited about random things and then becomes obsessed with them for some period of time. And the actual movie opens with him getting obsessed with motor cars, which, by the way, again, this movie takes place in the early 1900s. So motor cars are very new to people like Mr. Toad. Which, by the way, again, my world will probably uh, play out with the events of the movie because I feel like nobody knows the events of the movie anyway, so <laughs> might as well. So Mr. Toad's driving around on his motor car, damaging property, and his friends will probably plead with Sora and his friends to snap him out of it. I think maybe p potentially the first boss of the world could be Mr. Toad himself. You know, as you try to get him to snap out of his crazy <laughs> mania. Again, I mean, technically, <laughs> you did fight Beast in Kingdom Hearts 2, and you yeah. fought Hercules numerous times, so that kind of applies to what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Toad, do you think he really <laughs> has the fighting capabilities? <laughs> it would be more a matter of just stopping his freaking car. <laughs> yeah. So as in the movie, Mr. Toad is framed and sentenced to prison. This is where Sora, Donald, and Goofy would have to help the mischievous Mr. Toad escape jail and reclaim Toad Manor from the villainous weasels who've taken it over. Mr. Toad would join the party, and the journey could take Sora and the gang through landscapes inspired by early, not 20th century England, from the more urban areas around the prison to the more rural scenery of Toad Hall, his famous mansion. The Heartless would probably be inspired by weasels, since the weasels are the main enemies of Mr. Toad, or the Wind in the Willows. Potentially, the weasels, or one of the head weasels, Mr. Winky, could be a solid boss choice as well. I like the idea of the Heartless being heavily involved here. Mr. Toad, again, is very erratic, always wanting to try new things, getting obsessed with different pursuits. So I feel like he'd get along well with the ever-happy Sora, and potentially even make Sora feel more mature by comparison, as he struggles to get Mr. Toad to behave. Something that could be very interesting for Sora's development. And of course, since this is the early 1900s, Mr. Toad would not recognize a smartphone, but I think he would immediately 
be very obsessed with it upon seeing it. Asking a million questions, what on earth is that? Oh, how do you have these devices in the future? This is fantastic. I'll have to research this immediately, which will probably cause his good old friends a headache. But all in all, I think the plot of this movie could make for a pretty fun story in Kingdom Hearts. Stop Mr. Toad, then helping break him out of jail, fighting some heartless and weasels along the way, or heartless weasels if they're combined. And then, you know, a big battle to reclaim Toad Hall, Mr. Toad's home, from the villains. Which, again, could be weasels, could be heartless, could be overarching villains in this hypothetical Kingdom Hearts 4. I think anybody could really fit into it. And Mr. Toad's just such a delightfully, like, old-fashioned character, (laughs) obviously, in Disney culture that you know it would would do him good to have a nice little appearance in such a game as as kingdom hearts 4 that is my final world pick probably my weirdest one actually definitely my weirdest one (laughs) so that is where i leave off there mag you never fail to amaze me with your hypothetical scenarios i'm the same guy who said that heavy from team fortress 2 (laughs) would be a very interesting smash fighter so (laughs) so to recap my five picks are moana the incredibles ryan the last dragon coco and guardians of the galaxy and mine are up Zootopia, Robin Hood, Wally, and The Wind in the Willows slash The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Sorry, I can't I can't stop laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, you have a bunch of like more recognizable titles. Oh, okay, up. Oh, oh, Robin Hood. All right, I've heard of that. Wally. And then Mr. Toad. <laughs> but hey, this is Kingdom Hearts. Anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, you know truth be told. I love talking about all these possible Disney inclusions, but it's really hard to tell what direction the series is going to go with moving forward. I mean, yeah. based on what we saw from Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind and Melody of Memories, it almost feels like Disney is going to be obsolete at this point. Mm, it's quite possible. If you take Disney away from Kingdom Hearts, then that's going to look bad from a business standpoint. Yeah. Because one of the main reasons players, including myself, keep playing the Kingdom Hearts games is to see the Disney worlds. Yeah, I mean, that's the most fun part, arguably. But or one of them. I, I do like how they're experimenting with new plot points. And by experimenting, I mean making things more convoluted than they need to be. Because, like, <laughs> let's go over the list. We have memory loss, time travel, identity <laughs> theft, data world, reality versus fiction, <laughs> alternate universes. Like, bro, all these fucking plot points are in the same game with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I, it, it still mind fucks me to know that all the Disney shit, that's considered reality in the Kingdom Hearts universe. <laughs> but real life locations like Shibuya, Shinjuku, that's considered fiction. <laughs> like, bro, what the fuck am I playing? <laughs> yeah, things have definitely gotten super, super crazy. In light of that, that insanity is what makes me love this series so much. You never know what direction it's going to take. I don't, I don't think any of us could have predicted that the next Kingdom Hearts game after 3 would be a rhythm game. <laughs> Which, mind you, there's only 20 minutes of new footage. Because like 90% of the story is just recapping what happened. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to this and you thought any of our suggestions were crazy, remember that Kingdom Hearts considers the belly of a giant space whale to be its own world. <laughs> a book is considered its own world. <laughs> True. You know, the sky's the limit, you know, and actually in many ways, the sky's not even the limit. Space is the limit. Overall, I'm really hoping that some of my picks actually make the cut, but you never know what direction you're going to go with. It's true. That is but true. But whatever happens, I'll be prepared, and I'll probably be mind-fucked, because <laughs> yeah. Lord knows, 
this series never fails to surprise me and make me more confused than I ever was. Yeah, that's Kingdom Hearts in a nutshell. <laughs> but what about you people listening? What worlds do you want to see in Kingdom Hearts 4 or any future game for that matter? You can share them in our Discord server. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing, link to both the Discord server that Eric so kindly mentioned and our Instagram are in the description of this episode. And continue to support us wherever you're listening to us right now, whether it be Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even iHeartRadio. Before I end this, just a side note. Do you think that gummy phones come with a podcast app? <laughs> oh man, that would be very interesting. I hope so. I hope Sora, Donald, and Goofy can hear about the potential worlds they'll get to explore. <laughs> Watching Kingdom Hearts 4, Sora, Donald, and Goofy make a podcast about their adventures. <laughs> that is something I would definitely listen to. Right, well, anyway, thank you all for listening, and may your hearts be your guiding keys.